we are going to be talking about the wealth department. How soon can you actually retire? What does retirement really mean? Why don't we learn from somebody who has retired at 45 years old? And I would even say living in what is true wealth. I have with me, Michael Zuber. You know, the Cody's and the, and the Alex and all these folks, they're blowing up because they're feeding entrepreneurs. Nobody's feeding the W-2 employee. I believe a W-2 employee who looks at their job as a path to financial freedom has a more certain chance at earning financial freedom. I believe you can get wealthy as an employee in 10 short years. What if you took one hobby, one passion you have and did one video a week and you built this following over 20 years? When you get to the end, you'll be happy. You, you retire, start a YouTube channel and you don't edit your videos. How have you not let perfectionism get in the way? I've done 12,000 videos and never edited a single one. What would you encourage that W-2 employee to do for the next 10 years? It's only three steps. The first step is... Thank you for that. Sometimes it's hard to hear all the stuff you've done. That, that's fun, I get goosebumps, that's pretty cool. Dude, you are a different kind of human being. <laughs> like, sorry to start off like that. Okay, let's in, roll. In the best way possible. All right. And just really seeing uh, what you've accomplished and what you've chosen to do with your life mm. at the time of your life. Uh, I think one reason why I feel like our, my podcast has done really well is because I've interviewed a lot of people who are well-experienced individuals. People are really good at what they do. And I think if you boil it down, it's, it's people who have figured out something mm. about life. And I want to unpack like kind of um, your journey a little bit on how you've, like you said, um, you know, retired at 45 years old mm -hmm. and, um, and, and even what that means, because you retired at 45, but you're grinding. I don't know. I, I guess it's, I guess I get why people say that. Um, but I have fun every day. Yeah. I choose to do what I do. Yes. You know, I did do it seven days a week. Now I do it five. I do it from eight to 11, right? It's three hours. Um, I talk to people I enjoy talking to. I say no to a lot of people. Um, and more importantly, I get to help people every day. It, it's, it's not work. It's not the same thing. That's really good. You know, and, and again, give, you know, fortunate, lucky, whatever you want to call it. I could stop doing it tomorrow and nothing in my life changes. Mm. Um, I'm chasing impact now versus more money. I know there's a, a big mantra out there about, you know, you got to be a billionaire, you know, you got to 10X, you got to do all of these things. I have chosen, I reserve the right to change it, but I've re reserved the right to get to a, a certain point on the mountaintop where I'm comfortable, where I have more than enough. And frankly, Omar, I just sat down. Mm. I'm enjoying the view. I'm trying to reach down the hill and pull people up. Maybe someday I'll stand up and, you know, go climb the mountain again. Uh, but I've been here for five years and I'm enjoying every day. So it's really good. And you just walked into the, the video department and I was like, bro, this guy looks like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> got the Jordan ones, got the yeah. the all over print shirt. No, dude, you you have so much young energy, and I you could feel that whatever it is you are doing is giving you like genuine life. So, but mm -hmm. you you help a lot of people who have W twos yeah. kind of like change their perspectives, and I I I like that. I like that you have pointed that group of people out as those are the people I really want to go and help because you built a 180 plus rental portfolio mm -hmm. in 18 years. Yep. And you did that all while doing a W2 job. No question. Well, again, my journey starts, you know, pre real estate crash. A lot of people remember 08. Yeah. My journey starts in late 2002. 
So I was buying properties before the crash, during the run-up. And again, if you read my book, you'll realize that unlike a lot of people, I called the top. I called my shot. I sold at the peak mm. and, ten, and 1031 into apartment buildings, which was a genius move. I knew they were expensive. I knew the prices would come in, but I had no idea how much. Like the first property I sold, I sold at 263 and it went all the way to 75. I had no idea it would be that bad, but I knew they were overpriced. Mm. So a lot of today, a lot of people talk about crash bros and all this negative stuff. And I'm like, it's not the same, right? It's just not the same environment. I'm still buying single family homes when they make sense. I might sell in a year or two, again, 1031 exchange. Uh, but uh, no, we've been doing a long time before, during and after the crash. And um, yeah, all while working. Not only working, but I was traveling the world, right? I wasn't a mm. sit behind the desk guy. I was in three countries a week on average. Wow. And we were still building the portfolio. What what made you pay attention to real estate? Because like, you know, there's so many ways to invest. People like now they're investing in businesses. You can sure. do stocks. Like what was it about real estate that kind of grabbed your attention early on? Well, first it was a spectacular loss. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people grow from pain. My pain started when I turned seven grand into two hundred grand in the stock market. I How did started, you do that? Like, I, did you I was trading stocks. Okay. I was doing it the Warren Buffett way. I have an accounting degree. Uh, I have an MBA, so the business is comfortable for me, right? Uh, and I started doing the right way. I was reading earnings announcements. I was going into balance sheets. I was looking for value. And I made some good investments. Stocks went up. I started doing less work, trading more, and making more money. Mm. So ultimately, over a year and a half to two years, I was simply day trading on stupidity no work and winning, and then it got really stupid. And then I lost it. You know, I lost 80%, went to 40 grand. Um, this, you know, if you're willing to do the work really in anything and, be, and continue doing that, you can really succeed anywhere. I didn't know I was investing in a bubble. It's probably a, like a lot of folks that bought, you know, these altcoins or whatever you want to call yeah. them these days. They were just chasing momentum. I didn't, in the moment, I didn't see it. And then I got run over, right? So then as a 30-year-old daughter at home, having lost more money than my family, generations of my family had ever seen, I was a complete failure. Mm. I, was, I was just wrecked. I was demoralized. And I walked into a bookstore, picked up that purple book my generation talks about, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's embarrassing, but I knew nothing about real estate. I never even thought about it. We lived in a home, but that's all I knew. I didn't know about rental properties. Never had anybody in my network talk about that. And I'm like, ah, all right, I can go do that. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, you know, two of the companies I got wrecked in were World, World, WorldCom and Enron. Frauds. It didn't matter that I could read their balance sheet. They were just flat out frauds. Wow. And so wasn't going to do that again. So then I went to real estate. Then I learned real estate and um, just kept, kept at it. And it's real. You can find value. It's very inefficient. Um, so I've never looked back. Are you looking to take your content more serious this year in your business or your brand? Or maybe you're looking to figure out better ways that you can monetize the content that you're putting out to convert your viewers into customers and all those various things. Well, I'm excited to announce my next challenge is coming up, the Content to Cash Challenge. We're gonna be breaking down everything you need to know to make sure that you crush content this year. No more uploading videos and crossing your fingers. That's not a strategy. And I'm gonna be giving you the mindset 
the tool set and the skill set needed to kill it this year, both on YouTube and on vertical platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and things like that. So I would encourage you to jump into the challenge. And if you get a VIP ticket, I'm gonna be doing live Q&A every single day of the challenge. So I'll get your personalized questions answered on these Zoom calls, and I'd love to see you there. Jump in, the link is in the description and in the show notes. Let's get back into the combo. So if somebody is, let's say a W-2 employee and they're working a job that is taking their time, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone has like the salary situation where you can do what you want or yeah. sales or whatever, but how would you encourage them in that first step of looking into potentially buying the, either their first home yeah. or maybe it's their first investment property? It's really simple. Most new investors overcomplicate it. They first off have shiny object syndrome, butterflies, rabbits, whatever you want to call it. I believe everyone should start with one thing, and that's called a buy box. Okay, what's a buy box? Well, it's not only what you want to buy, single family homes, but let's talk about my story, and I'll give you my exact buy box from 2002. I choose Fresno, California, because the numbers make sense. I've never lived there. I didn't know anybody there. It's just, hey, the Bay Area is expensive. I got to go somewhere else. I didn't have a choice. That's the second time you said the numbers make sense. What makes numbers make sense? Cash flow. Okay. Positive cash flow. Okay. I don't believe in betting on appreciation. There are some people that still today go, appreciation, who cares? Negative cash flow, who cares? You and know, when you say cash flow, like the 100 to 300 yeah, 400 250 bucks okay. a month after so, all expenses and reserves good. and all of that. Okay, I just like, wanted to make stack, that. Stack, just stack it. That's good. Right? Um, so my buy box in 2002 was not Fresno, California. It's too big. It's a million people. I went to 93703. It's a little, it's a little section of, of Fresno called the Mayfair District. Still too big. I went single family homes. I skipped duplexes, quads, condos, all of that. Still too big. I went three or four bedrooms, yeah. two car garage, two car bath, one story, um, you know, a, a lot, so not connected, and between 1,200 and 2,000 square feet. That buy box, that set of criteria was locked in and only what I looked at for three years. Hmm. The key to a buy box is two. One, you get repetition. It's like at bats. You get it's like a golf swing. You just get better at looking at it. But more importantly, and people need to hear this, is it gives you permission to ignore everything else. Most new investors get lost in everything else. And then the beauty of this, 20 minutes a day. I could do it in the morning. Dude, I was doing this before we had smartphones, mm. right? I would do it 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. Didn't matter what time I got up or, or went to bed, 10 minutes in the morning, at night, I would just see what, what changed. And if, I mean, today with smartphones, you get alerts, you get all this stuff. It should even be more efficient. But focus is key. Focus and daily discipline. This isn't a weekend activity. You know, getting wealthy with real estate is, is like losing weight or getting six-pack abs. You got to continually do the work every day mm. and make, you know, 1% better going forward. So anybody can do that. That's good. My, my wife got her real estate license last fall mm -hmm. or the fall before last fall, I guess the fall of 2022. Okay. And, you know, I launched a coaching program and made a lot of money and it was awesome. But now we were sitting on a lot of money and I felt guilty for sitting on this money. And like, dude, because of social media and like everybody's saying like invest into this thing or do this thing and, you know, yeah. like. They're, they're essentially selling their box right. or their version of how to do it. And I think with a lack of wisdom and a lack of patience, um, which lack of patience is a lack of wisdom, I ended up investing in kind of like a fund because mm. uh, it was supposed to, supposed to guarantee a 20% return in about six months. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, like this yeah. is a great return. Yeah. But it, it sucks because 
you know, I think, and this is part of like, I think younger people, we want it fast. And had I taken that hundred and maybe have gotten one or two other just single family homes, just one like at a time. we would have just been chilling and probably would have been happy. But that's, um, I know it was a, it's a costly mistake. Um, and um, that some people lose millions figure, trying to figure out the thing. I'm glad I did it at this stage when I have all this much energy to be able to like recoup mm -hmm. and make all that back. But the, the wisdom of not making a dumb mistake like that. Have you made a mistake like well, that? Yeah. Again, my story started out with $160,000 loss. Okay. Right? Seven okay. to 200 to 40. I mean, a lot of people go, no, stupid. You went from 70 to 40. You're good. That's not how my brain sees it. Yeah. My brain sees the you know 200 grand number that I went down to you know 40 grand. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I believe it is far better to make that mistake, right? I made my mistake at 30. Uh, and then you learn from that, right? It's yeah. it's cost of, you know, you wish you didn't have it, but sure. if you have it, wear the badge, just don't do it again. I certainly believe whether you're selling software or anything, it, it's okay to make mistakes. In fact, it means you're trying, but never repeat a mistake. Yeah. That's expensive. That's, that's, that's just called stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, you said it, not yeah. me, but I agree. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. So, okay. So you help these, you help people who have W2 jobs and you know, there's this versus going on, like W-2 versus entrepreneur. And if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. but you work a W-2 job, like you should go and bet on yourself this, like how do you determine like how to walk in that tension of somebody who has an entrepreneurial spirit as in yeah. they, they can, you know, take initiative, they can lead themselves. I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to meet some great entrepreneurs. And in my opinion, they're born that way. Mm. Right, they don't work well in a structure of a forty-hour week. They they want to be their own boss. They 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 are comfortable in risk. I will never call myself an entrepreneur. Why? Right, because I'm not. I don't have employees. I have a couple of ten ninety nines to do a couple of things for me, but they're not. I I could not carry payroll. Right, I don't want to have direct reports. I don't want to be responsible for someone else's family. Mm. Right. And that's somebody who does Dang, five. Does that mean I'm not an entrepreneur? <laughs> no, dude, I'm the same way. Yeah, it's like, like I don't like the the idea of like building a company. Like, no, thank you. But but yeah, like pay to hire. I mean, we are ch helping people's lives by yeah, offering. Sure. So you would say that's not necessarily an entrepreneur. What would you call that person? So I'm coming at this again. What I'm doing now is I've come at it from a mission of impact. Mm. I believe an entrepreneur chases profit, and maybe that's not okay, but that's how my brain works. Since the day I created my YouTube channel or wrote my book, it was all about trying to do positive impact. Yes, I've made seven figures on the brand, but it was all by accident. No ads, none of this, it. none of that other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't see it that way. I just don't see myself. I'm like uncomfortable wearing that, mm -hmm. right? I'm an employee and a good investor. I'm a great employee, good investor, horrible entrepreneur. That's kind of how I break myself down. But you're a self-starter though. I can work. Yeah. There's no question. But you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be able to work. Like, okay, no, I, I'm just trying to like formulate all the uh, the way your brain works because it, it, it seems like it's, I'm very similar in that regard. Yeah, because I can put my head down and get in the mud. And really where I'm broken is I'm excited about tomorrow, even though I'm in the mud. Mm. I don't, like visionary stuff, not where I shine, right? I've done some pretty cool stuff in my life, but it's all because I can work and outwork most people. Um, but I never have that big vision, you know, the Ryan Pinedas, the, the Sean Cannells, the, the Pace Morbys. I don't have that magic. Yeah. And 
I'm comfortable. I know who I am. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I'm just comfortable in the mud. How did you grow in self-awareness? Cause you, that, that's very self-aware of you to be able to know that, um, and not fall into the trap of doing something you're not called to do. Well, I mean, it's just, it, I believe it clicks or it doesn't, right? You see Alex Ramosi or Cody Sanchez and what they're doing today and they've blown up from, from seemingly nowhere. They obviously have great track records, but I'm like, it's, it's not what I, yeah, they're great. They're great story teachers. They're great, you know, teachers. Um, but it's just like, nope, not my thing. Mm. I just, that's not where I'm at. It's not where I shine. I, I want to, I think you can get more people. I think, I believe there are more employees than entrepreneurs. And I don't think it's close. Yeah, I, I believe that too. I, I think it's 80-20. But I think the content in social media is 80-20 the wrong way. Mm. So that's the need that I'm trying to fill, right? There are, you know, the Cody's and the, and the Alex and all these folks, they're blowing up because they're feeding entrepreneurs. Nobody's feeding the W-2 employee. Wow. That's the hole that I'm trying to fill. That's really good. So that's so I'm comfortable there. I'm very good at there. I speak their language. I've done two or three cool things that they can do. Like... My YouTube channel can be repeated by any W-2 employee. In fact, I did a video today saying, if you want to live longer, create a YouTube channel. Mm. That's a crazy headline, right? I love it. But I believe it, right? You're busting your ass 40 hours for 40 years to live on 40%. What if you took one hobby, one passion you have, and did one video a week, or did two videos, one with somebody else in your universe? And you built this following over 20 years. Why do I say you're going to live longer? Because I've been lucky enough, fortunate enough to travel around the world. We just did a, a three-week in Europe on this crazy-ass expensive river cruise, right? Most people are 80 years old, right? We're, we're walking at 50. That's Clearly cool. a difference. But now you're talking to them, right? Yeah. And most of them don't have anything to do, right? Most people work until they're 65. They have no passion or interest, and they die four years later. What a complete failure that is. Mm. What if you're 40, you do one video a week about classic cars or, you know, Nike shoes or jam making, you build a following of 10 or 12,000 people that speak your love language. And then when you're retired, you got something to do. You're excited. You're excited about life. You're impacting. It's, you may, you may make money, but that's not the thing. You might, you want something to be excited about when you're 65. Start today. You want to live longer? Start today. Okay. This is dope because it's definitely... Like I made a, we had a conversation with Shalene and we talked sure. about this. We said the 2.0 era where somebody later in their life should highly consider creating content. And you did that. I agree with so, you. So 1000%. You were, you, I had no social media following at 45. I have a LinkedIn page because yeah. I was really, really good at what I did. No Facebook, no, no, nothing else. No. So what persuaded you to turn on a camera? So, um, well, let's tell the full story. So I walk into the, my job expecting to get another, because I wanted to work till I was 50, just the number I picked randomly. Solid. Solid, Fair. right? 50, right? It's <laughs> yeah. early enough. Good, good, good. Uh, ended up getting a patch of dirt I didn't like with a boss I didn't like. And oh, by the way, let's be fair. He hated me just as much. I had an ego. I was really good. I had a huge ego. Didn't fit. I quit 15 minutes later, right? So now I go home. Unfortunately, I had nothing. I had, I had not planned for it. And unfortunately, Omar, I got depressed. I got in, I'm 45 years old. I have no purpose, nothing to do. And I'm going down this slow road. I remember sitting at my kitchen table early because I get up early. My wife stays up late. So we always have two or three hours where we're by ourselves. It's perfect. And I'm sitting at the table drinking coffee and I'm like, 
I'm going to have to get a job. Not because I need the money, just so I don't kill myself, mm. right? I got, why am I here, right? I've got nothing driving me. So that's when I decided to write the book. Writing the book led to the YouTube channel. And, um, you know, I, why? One goal that I still have today. I want to create something that outlives me by 50 years. I personally believe you die twice. Once in your physical body, and then once when somebody stops talking, like the last person to talk about you. Wow. I'm trying to put as much stuff out there that will live 50 years past my date of death. Um, so that's why YouTube. That's so good. I, I love that perspective and just how you're phrasing that because some people don't realize the, the power creating content is. And like we just see a lot of young people doing it. And the, the reason why people who are more experienced, wise, and like, let's just say retired, you are retired. You have literally nothing to do. Right. Nothing to do. Like, why not give, give what you've learned? And I think you're, you actually, if, if a young person started from zero and a retired person started from zero, that retired person has light years of value to add, uh, than this young person and yeah. not to ding the young person who no. just wants to shop and vlog. That's cool. Yeah. But there's just something that it's rich. It's yeah. rich in depth. You know, I would, I, again, I would tell every Gen Xer baby boomer to create a YouTube channel, seriously, a YouTube channel about what they love, what their hobby is. If you're my age, you're 50 or older, shoot, if you're 40 or older, you have something in your life that you've been doing 20 years. Mm. Maybe it's Star Wars. Maybe it's, you know, collecting Jordan shoes. Maybe it's... I, I, parenting, parenting. Ma marriage, yeah. vacationing. Maybe you got divorced. Let's talk yeah. about that. Like you Relation. have life experience. Yeah. Share with the world. And the other thing about my YouTube channel is, I, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not, but the truth nonetheless, I didn't know what monetization was. I did not create a YouTube channel to be monetized. Mm. The only reason I turn it on is people like Sean told me, well, if you turn it on stupid, YouTube will pay you okay. and it'll show up more because YouTube gets paid. I'm like, ah. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should turn that on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it's... That's funny. It's, it is hilarious. No, it, Lewis Howes, uh, he's a big podcaster. He I has know. the School of Greatness. Um, he said it It was seven years in. He didn't realize that they were supposed to turn on monetization. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, yeah. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, again, I would tell every Gen Xer and baby boomer, in all seriousness, as somebody who retired and had no purpose, I was on a dangerous path to exiting early. Mm. And it was only because now I've chosen to do it five days a week, couple hours a day. You don't have to do it my way. You do it one hour, one hour a week if you want. And again, the key to doing YouTube channel is not chase money. Right. It's chase impact. And the beauty of it is it will just be a positive feedback loop that comes back. I have a saying that I want to test with you and see if you agree. I believe the first 20 videos are the most important and also the least important. Why is that? They're the most important because I believe it takes 20 to build a habit. It's the least important because they will be the worst and it, nobody will watch them. But they are also the most important because you got to get that habit. And I just wish more people would do that. And yeah. they, you would be happier. Not block the doomers and you know, all the negativity that sometimes happens. But I, th I, think, I think the world would be a better place if people shared their passions. I agree. And I agree with that because you like the, the, the process of just uploading a video, there's just some things you got to do. It's not, it really isn't just like hitting upload. It's like, oh, you got to put in a title, you know, you got to throw in a description 
and at bare minimum, like that's it. Maybe yeah. choose, you have to choose a thumbnail. Yeah, one of three, let it yeah. auto choose. <laughs> yeah. I did that for a year and a half. Yeah. Dude, let's, let's talk about this. You, so you started YouTube. 18, 2018. At 20, in 2018, which is the year you retired? Correct, yeah. Okay, so you retired. February 2nd, and I started YouTube March. Okay, what would that be this February then? Are you counting? Uh, no, I'm like, it's five years. Five years? Yeah, it'd be uh, okay. five years in March. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, you... You'll be 50 this year then. No, I'm, I'm 51 now. 51 now. Yeah. Okay, so you you retire, start a YouTube channel. Six years, yeah. And you don't edit your videos. Not a one. I've done 12,000 videos and never edited a single one. I'm, I, I actually believe that my channel um, is one of the few channels that upload too much videos. I never get a chance to get in the algorithm. I do five videos a day minimum, yeah. seven days a week. No, it's funny because we did an interview and I was saying, I was like trying to show a friend that I did this interview. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm trying to show my friend, I did this interview with a guy who doesn't edit his videos and I had and I only did the interview like two days ago <laughs> and I'm scrolling, I'm like, where is my interview? And there's 30 videos after my interview. But I, I, can you talk, can you break down your yeah. content creation process? This is, this is I hope mo more people copy this because I think this is an unlock. I want to be clear. If, if my channel was just me, it wouldn't exist anymore. Creating solo content in a area of, of, you know, like real estate, there's only so many things you could do. But if you spend the time cultivating others, you can unlock unlimited amount of content. So what does my routine look like? So at 7.30 a.m., five days a week, I do a live show. This is my baby. It's called the Daily Financial News. It's typically five topics that I read in the last 24 hours. And usually I'll define something. I'll try to connect dots because I do have a degree. I've been studying the consumer forever. So I'm trying to provide some ed education and highlight others because I'm often quoting others that I think are putting good stuff out there. So that's my baby. From 7.30 to 7.50. You go lace, live every day. Every, five days a week. Not five Friday, days. not Sunday. Okay. Five days a week. And for that video, I put in a title, which is the same format, uh, the date, you know, like today is Jan, it was Jan 16th financial news, colon, five topics. Okay. Then in the bottom of that, I have to select uh, horizontal, right? Because it comes up vertical because it's on my, I do this on my phone. That's I don't bad. have all these fancy on. cameras on my phone, right? So you have to put vertical or horizontal. Um, and then I default the description. I haven't changed the description in five years. I actually have no idea what it says. Yeah. So it's, when you say default the subscription, that means in the back end, you have just already put your e websites yeah, and website, little things I, like that. And, and it just auto-populates. Every time. Yes. You do it one time. Yes. Right? The least work for me, the better. It's great. Um, then uh, I, I start it. I talked like this morning. I screwed up a statistic. I just say it four times before I got it right. Doesn't matter. I apologize to the audience and I'm like, one more time. Yeah. And we got it out, right? <laughs> And it's just, it's just, it's just the better way to do it. And then, uh, it uploads and then you have to go back in one more time to turn on the yes for monetization. That's it. Done. Yep. Yeah. And then, so you're doing that on your phone. On my phone. Every day, five days, five days a week, Sunday through Thursday. Correct. That's really good. And I know like Sean is a genuine consumer and fan of that I live show. I so, yeah. He's given and me lots of coaching and advice. So it's so good. It's wonderful. And I think, I think it's just, some people feel like it has to be perfect and let's just say you don't even want to do the live stream thing. What sure. you can do is you can film it. Yep. Don't edit it. Nope. And just upload it straight to YouTube. Yeah, so I've done that on occasion, right? It is important for me to go live at 7.30, but life happens. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it was this Monday. I had a 7 a.m. podcast with somebody on the East Coast because of time zones. So I recorded it Sunday night, 
and I scheduled it as a premiere Good. at 7.30 a.m. So it happens about once or twice a month. Yeah. I, I feel I owe my audience doing it live, but life happens. Like when yeah. I do a trip to Europe, they're all scheduled. That's cool. Right, so. That's cool. And if you don't know, if you um, set a video as a premiere, it act, it's like a live. Correct. Where there's a live chat and things like that. You can't scrub at, in the moment of the delivery or the release, which is cool. Okay, so you do this live show. Yep. Then, then this is what really grew the channel. And this is what made well, it fun. Let me pull the principle out of you doing the live though. Sure, please. You've given your some, yourself something. It, it, I mean, there's a, there's a selfish nature in the fact that like you do it for you. Like, I do. And, and in doing it for you, obviously you're serving others by giving the information, but like you're getting up every day yeah. that, like, and you're showing up for yourself. Yeah, the beauty of this, and Sean pulled this out of me, is I've been doing this for 30 years. Mm. This routine that I now report on is my routine for 30 years. The only thing that has changed is now I have a note. Yeah. Right, I have a page of notes because I used to not write them down. Now I write them down. But it, actually the act of writing them down has been helpful. Good. Right, what watching or reading, but then note taking, it's just absorbed so much more. So I'm even better now because of this exercise. That's really good, sure. and it's made it's made you a better communicator, oh, yeah. uh, just clearer at delivering content. Okay, so I just I want somebody listening or watching this to ask yourself the question: What have you been doing for 10, 15, 20, 30 years? By default, you just do this. Yeah, just you. What 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 makes you what 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 excites you? What puts a smile on your face? Mm. There's a world out there. You have a tribe and you don't even know it. So consolidate that and deliver it. Just don't edit it, go live. Go. And you could do it on Instagram too. Don't have to like limit it to YouTube. YouTube's great though for the evergreen play. It, yeah. it lives somewhere, yeah. but just show up. Okay, so you do this live show and then. And then what I stumbled across is uh, I have a roster of 20 millionaires that come back every month, most of them every week. So what does that look like? I have a set schedule, eight, nine, and 10 right? Sunday, actually Monday through Thursday. Sunday I leave open for my, you know, my random stuff so I can slot people in. Okay. So Monday through Thursday, eight, nine, and 10, I have a 60 minute allotment with different millionaires. And what we do is we get on the Zoom, because I do it all on Zoom. I, yes. And, you know, there's other platforms. Which I love that you do. Like I, I, I have input, but it's working and I'm not messing with your workflow. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, there, you know, it's really funny. So I talk about recording the daily financial news on my phone. I have a wired mic lapel yeah. because I don't want to deal with batteries. No, it's great. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't want to deal with batteries. Just as good. <laughs> Just as good, right? So anyway, so what I do is we get on and we talk about three things. Like what, what what's happening in your world, what's happening in my world, your business, my business, what's a hot top inflation, you know, consumer, blah, blah, blah. And we, we, I write down three topics and we do three videos, eight to 15 minutes. Mm. So that leaves time for, you know, all that. And then I get three videos out of it. So I get somewhere between six and nine videos Monday through Thursday. And then I just schedule them out for the week. That's really good. So you just, you hit record on Zoom. Yep. Record. We do the topic. I wrap up. I stop. I hit record again. Talk. Stop. And then at the end, there's three files that spit out. I load one that day, and then the other two get scheduled out sometime during the week. That's so cool. Do you have any virtual assistants, or is it you doing Me. everything? Have you considered using StreamYard? I don't even know what, I mean, I I get, I sometimes have been the guest with StreamYard. Yeah. No idea what it is. Nobody's ever shown me how to use it. Zoom works. No, Zoom I works. I haven't even tried. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I just know, because you, you do have a decent setup. It looks really good. Zoom will just kind of... It kind of, they go on there, they take their own liberties to like kill the bit rate of your quality yeah. a little bit. Um, and so the viewer's experience mm. 
So the file or the output or whatever. Yeah, like it'll, it'll be a higher quality video mm. file and audio file. Okay. I think I think it doesn't mess with anything using StreamYard. Okay. It just gives you a better quality file. Oh, so, I have um, no idea. First yeah. person to tell me that. Um, no idea. But, but you you have a workflow and, and it's keeping you consistent. Um, how have you not let perfectionism get in the way? Because I know the content we're providing is authentic. It may not be right, but it's authentic. Mm. And life's not perfect. That's that's really cool. If if you were to open up your YouTube search browser or like your your app, mm -hmm. who would be the creators that would show up on your feed? Like, who are some of your favorite YouTube? Uh, well, I can. So Sean Think Media will pop up, no doubt, because he's gives me a lot. I learn by going to there. Um, so Ryan Pineda pulled up, Cody pulled up. Uh, who else? Grant Cardone has pulled up. Up there, Sean. Oh, uh, Ken McElroy. So people that are in my yeah. world. Yeah, that's cool. That, and that's cool that you're, like, you, by you saying all those names, you have a place in those group of people, but you're serving somebody. I'm serving uh, somebody so much right. different. Um, I really do believe the W-2 employee is underserved. It's not sexy. Here's the deal. I will agree with you that being an entrepreneur has a higher mountain, right? You have a higher possibility. You could be a billionaire like Alex Ramosi wants to be, currently worth whatever it is, hundreds of millions of dollars. You're not going to be there being a W-2 employee in mo unless you're Steve Ballmer, you know, some exception. You're not going to be Who's there. Who's that? I don't even know. Steve that. Ballmer is the second employee at Microsoft. Okay. He owns the LA Clippers. He was not an Oh, he, wow. He He's an employee that owns the LA Clippers. Well, he was. Yeah, he was Bill Gates's right-hand okay. man. For, That's cool. But anyways, okay. you're not Steve Ballmer. No, Sorry, not. guys. Dang it's it. not going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. But, and this is important, I believe a W-2 employee who looks at their job as a path to financial freedom has a more certain chance at earning financial freedom. I believe you can get wealthy as an employee in 10 short years. Most entrepreneurs will admit to failing five times before they hit. Mm. I like my route better. Dang. What would you encourage that W-2 employee to it's, do for the next 10 years? It's only three steps. The first step is discretionary income. What is that? Like if I asked you how much you make as a W-2 employee, you'd tell me your salary. Folks, that's gross. Okay, great. Maybe you know taxes. Great. So maybe you tell me your net. That's not what I want to know. What does it cost to run your life? Rent, mortgage, mm -hmm. car, insurance, food, entertainment, clothes, all of that. There's only one number in my life that matters. How much is left at the end of the month that I could theoretically light on fire and nothing changes? Mm -hmm. For the first 30 years of my life, Omar, that answer was zero. I made six figures, spent six figures. Made 80, spent 80. Made 120, spent 120. My life only improved when I focused on discretionary income. You can only do three things. You can increase your income. You can lower your expenses. Or what I did was both. And the, that, that is step one. You've got to create seeds. That's what a YouTube channel can do. That's what, you know, getting a job, moving around. You've got to create seeds, seeds that could be planted. Two, you have to become elite at something. Mm, for me, I like that. that was three or four bedrooms. Two, that was a buy box. I knew that buy box better than any human being on the planet after about 90 days. If it came, if it swam in that buy box and it was a great deal, I wrote an offer. And I knew it like that. 
Again, my buy box is really, really small. Maybe your buy box is businesses. Maybe it's stocks. I don't care, but you've got to become elite. You have to become unbalanced. This whole nonsense about six or seven income streams. Yeah, maybe someday, but let's just do one, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just freaking focus people. Yeah. Right. And then the third one is you got to do it for a decade. You got to focus on discretionary income. You got to invest for a decade. The only way to get wealthy is to own assets that cash flow for a decade. It's that simple. Have you ever wondered to yourself or asked yourself the question when you watch my content, how the heck does Omar's quality of video look and sound so dang crispy? It's literally the number one question I get asked, whether it's privately in the DMs or people commenting on my videos on Instagram or even on YouTube. The reality is I believe the quality of videos that I've been able to produce has been the recipe to my success online. And I want to give you access to my live document where I've listed out everything I use, both for the podcasts I create to the YouTube videos I make, as well as to what I use for my smartphone to make it look and sound amazing. The reason I put it on a live doc is because I keep this document updated in real time with everything that I'm using. So just head over to the videodep.co forward slash crispy, or just click the link down in the show notes. Let's get back to the conversation. That's good. And it's crazy because like my brother who uh, who's in ministry, he doesn't get paid the best, but because they, him and his wife were very wise around, I think 2021, they bought their first home. And literally last year, they bought a brand new build, put renters in their first home, and now are living in this second home, the second home yeah. that they own. I don't even own two homes, and I should. <laughs> and uh, it's just really cool to see that he's yeah. been able to do that with a very modest uh, salary, honestly. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. It was one of the big themes in my book, One Rental at a Time. I hate it when people talk big numbers. Mm. You only need four. If you get one every two years, like buy one, 5% down, live in it, turn it into, you do that four times or three times, you know, pay those all off, have somebody else pay off your asset, you're going to have so many options at retirement. You only need four. Four Dang. changes your life. That's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. So now, now you're... Yeah, like, like, what are you doing? Like now you're, you've gotten wind with your YouTube channel. You like, you're throwing an event and you're <laughs> getting a couple hundred people to come out to an event Pretty that wild. you're, you're doing all this in your retirement era. Yeah. I would say you, you've not retired, but it, it sounds cool. It markets well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel retired. I, yeah. I can stop tomorrow and it wouldn't change my life. Yeah. What would you say? Oh, can you define retirement? In, yeah. For in, me, it's, it's, it's the option to choose what you do with your time. Yeah. Cause you still have 24 hours in the day. Just because you can pay your bills, you still... And I learned this after I retired at 45. That was the total mind twist. I'm done, but I'm unhappy. Mm. What? So what I do now is impact. I feel good every day. That's good. It's not the money. Yeah, money has shown up. And I tried to give stuff away for free. I wrote one rental at a time and gave it away. Nobody read it. Mm -hmm. I start charging money. I'm now a best-selling author. People read it. Right? I've got 1,500 reviews on Amazon, 5.8 you know, awesome. or whatever it is. Um, it's really weird. If there's not a dollar amount on it, it, they don't value They don't value free. So I'm like, okay, fine. Was there, a, was there at least a few months or a season like when, it, when you did finish working that like it was, it did, like how long did it take for it to get old? What do you mean, not working? Yeah. Oh, almost instantly. No way. Yeah, so I mean the first two days I smiled so much my face hurt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I there's muscles in your face. Yeah. My face hurt. That's, that's how that's that's a lot of smiling. Yeah. you know, to make your face hurt. Uh, but after those first couple of days, it got really bad. I didn't notice it until about the third week. Like, 
because I still get up at 5.30. Mm. I, don't have, I haven't had an alarm clock at 20 years. I'm up at 5.30 to 5.45 every day. And yeah, there was just nothing to do. And, and by the third week, I was like, this is not okay. That's wild. So yeah, it's pretty wild. Like I had a, when I was doing ROTC, um, one of the cadre, the, one of the teachers that I had, he was wrapping up his time and he was at like 22 years. And you, you like 22 years after joining at 18, you're still pretty young. Yeah, you're still young, yeah. And um, yeah, I remember 40, seeing, 41. yeah, I remember seeing him retire and he just got a job at like a, like a sports store. Yeah, just uh, cause. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's crazy that nobody talks about retirement. Everybody's talking about retire so that you could have all this money and time freedom when the real conversation we should be having is what's your impact plan? Yeah, impact, I love that idea. How about having a quality life? How about waking up happier after you're done than before? Mm. I gotta tell you, waking up at 45 and not being happy sucks. The fact that I seriously, was 48 hours away from getting a job, not because of the money, but because I wanted to stop being depressed, that should be a red freaking flag, right? Mm -hmm. Go find something. And that's why I'm telling W2 employees, take your hobby or passion that, that lights you on fire today and, and create a YouTube channel. Follow what you're doing. Just, there's a couple of hacks. And when you get to the end, you'll be happy. It'll. I mean, I meet so many people on these great vacations that are frankly miserable because they get one vacation a year. Mm -hmm. And other than that, they're unhappy sitting on the couch watching TV. Life's more than that. Yeah, Take what you have and what you love, share it with the world, and then be open to others entering your world. The 21 millionaires that come back every week on my channel, make the channel. Some people like some people, some people hate some people. It's okay, you're not supposed to click with everybody. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna have an authentic conversation every week and if you like it watch it and if you don't it's okay there'll be another one in two hours <laughs> yeah uh what uh what is a theme that you found with with millionaires as far as their maybe the, their oh, lifestyle decisions like that's a good question yeah um it is pretty wild that all of the millionaires that i work with had a struggle at the beginning it, it, i don't know what it is and maybe it's just the ones that like to give back. Maybe if you had a silver spoon and you're a millionaire, you're not in my world, maybe. But all of them started from nothing. You know, mm -hmm. Anna Kelly, the first one, Section 8. She grew up in Section 8 housing, very insecure, very rough childhood. She actually had the big house in Texas, and she chose to downsize and house hack a fourplex. Wow. Right? Every millionaire on my channel made sacrifice, hard, hard sacrifices that most people today would, would not make. And that's a shame, mm. right? My my circle of influence, at, you know, twenty years ago, laughed at Olivia and I. We lived in a condo. They had the big house. They had the new cars. They were doing the crazy vacations. We were spending fifty percent of our income and in buying another house every year or so. Now, now let's now let's talk, right? You still got to work until you're ninety because your mm -hmm. mortgage is a gazillion dollars, and right. we don't have to. But yeah, every millionaire I know. The first, the first five years suck. It's hard. You learn the lessons. You lose 100 grand or whatever it was. You lose money in the stock market. You buy, the wrong, you buy an alligator, negative cash flow. You have the wrong... We all learn, but it gets better. The, the little trickle turns into a stream. The stream turns into a, a, a gushing river. So it just takes time, man. That's why the third step's 10 years. Yeah. Talk to me in 10 years. That's really good. Talk to me in 10 years. 
That's like such. You're going to be alive in ten years. Yeah. You got two paths. Which one do you want? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I found like with like guys in my world um, who are well off financially that, and it's happening to me is there's a little bit of being desensitized to income, like you know, hosting this workshop uh, next month mm -hmm. and, you know, I've got a dozen people to pay me a certain amount of money, a lot of money. And like, that's more than I, what I'm making in those two days is more than I made as a full-time person yeah. in ministry. Sure. But there's this like, it's still, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, like just keep on, let's just keep so on going. Yeah. Um, you got to focus on, if you are focusing on impact and you know what you're providing is, is value, you've, you've figured life out. Yeah. It's just, it's a great place to be. That's cool. Um, and do I appreciate you and, and all the wisdom that you're sharing. I think last last thing I would like to get into is just what what do you hope, let, let's just say somebody watching this oversees a team. Sure. So let's say we got, we have W2s okay. and this is a, you're speaking to a director. Okay. And cause I do think directors and managers cultivate an environment for a W2 to, you know, want to stay and build mm -hmm. and scale um, how would you encourage like a manager director position? Yeah, so I was a, a director of VP first, what they call first and second line for the last 10 years of my career. And the biggest thing, if you're looking to your your direct reports, is people are motivated by different things. I was in a sales career for 20 years. And typically, there are only two ways to motivate people. And you got to do it to the right person, because if you do it to the wrong one, it backfires. Mm. Some of the people I worked with needed to be kicked in the ass. They needed to be publicly, you know, shamed. And then they just like, I'll show you. And they just go. Mm -hmm. Others need to be a little bit more coddled, a little bit, you know, take the feedback behind closed doors, have the conversations one-on-one, -on -one, and then they, they, they get after it. You know, in fairness, the, the third category is they just need to move on. Not everybody's a fit. You know, the, what it takes to sell software from zero to 10 million is not what it takes to go from 10 to 100 million. It's a different entire people. So I've been in situations having taken products from zero to 100 million where I've had to recycle the entire team, right? Because it's just a different animal. Um, but you got to know where you are in the cycle and then what motivates those individuals. But what I would tell the director or the VP, this is what I would tell them because they're in the worst spot, in my opinion, because now they're making decent money. Their variable comp can be entertaining, right? It could be like, oh, that's like a real number. Mm -hmm. You need to watch your spending because that career is short. It's almost like, I think the NFL, the average year is like three years in the league. The average director VP in a enterprise software is probably about five years because it's so high stress. So realize you're only in that for a little time. Wow. So save some money, buy some assets so you have more options. You can't, I can't tell you how many people I know that had their big run, then something changed, technology changed, they were no longer relevant, and then they had to go make one fifth of their income, but their, you know, their expenses didn't change. Mm -hmm. Then they're bankrupt. It's, it's pretty consistent. That's happen. really good. And so you did that sale when I mentioned, you said zero to a hundred million. So you, you're, you were in sales. Oh yeah. And then so much, I think so much about content creation, the skill of sales, it rewards you as a content creator because you know how to communicate to a camera because you're essentially persuading somebody or selling somebody to watch more of your content yeah. and stuff. What are some things, like how can people get better at sales? The, and, and I say sales, but it could be conversation and persuasion and all that stuff. The most of, so I have a lot of education, right? I went on and got a master's degree. The most valuable course 
I ever took was in junior college was public speaking. Mm. I don't know if it's obvious, but I was an introvert, right? I could get in the room and not say a word to anybody and be totally fine, right? I could be by myself, totally fine. The public speaking class is what got me out of it and what allowed me to get into sales because sales is communication. It is persuasion. It is listening, mm -hmm. right? So what I would tell people of all my education, um, the public speaking class is most valuable. You know, today, maybe public speaking and then video, video editing, if that's where you want to go. But that's what it's about. You know, these, these things live and people are watching stuff from years ago. Um, so if you can just figure those two things out, you're good to go. But sales, like a tactic, give me a tactic. So the big thing about, so here it is. A lot of people get into sales and you get this thing called a quota. Like I've had quotas as small as a million five and 1.1 billion. The wow. process is the same. You, ne you should never focus on the 1.5 million or the 1.1 billion. What you need to break down is where, how does stuff get there? So for example, there's this thing called a funnel. Some people call it a pipeline, whatever it is, right? It goes from commit to upside to early, whatever your stages are. But all of those are irrelevant. Where does it start? Where does the lead start? Then something happens to that lead and it becomes qualified. Now that qualified lead needs to play with it, see it, test it, ROI, whatever it goes through a maturation. And then it goes through commit and upside. So it's all a process and a flow. And it's about taking as much quality you know, from the, the rough leads all the way through the pipeline. So you never focus on the end results. All you focus on are the numbers at the beginning and then the conversions. And then the results happen. Mm. The people that blow up in sales, they have one great year because they got one lucky contact or whatever, but it's only the quota they, they'll, they, they won't stay around mm. because it is the stages and the conversions. And then all you're doing is you're dumping more stuff in the top. Mm. That's all it is. That's really good. Dude, there's so many reasons why you're killing it. And, and, <laughs> and obviously it's, it's again, it's speaking to why people later in their life should create content Absolutely. and invite people into your world and figure out the monetization later. You know, it will, it will come. It has a, it has it a has, cool way of working yeah. itself out. Like I honestly, this podcast, like I did it with no one. I, I knew it was going to help the business, but like, I'm just going to show up a week, once a week. Yeah. We're going to, I'm going to post a high quality conversation with somebody that knows what they're talking about. And, you know, I think in December between a very cheap course that I've been selling and, uh, and YouTube AdSense, I think it was close to 20 K nice. in December, like unreal. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, uh, but what am I doing? I'm just sitting down having a conversation and like between live streams, I think video podcasting mm -hmm. and vlogs with, with very simple to little to no edits yeah. it, like you were saying, authenticity is there, there is a huge opportunity online right now for people who are showing up authentically themselves. Yeah. Authentic and consistent. Authentic and consistent. So yeah. good. You can't forget consistent. That's yep. where a lot of people fall down. Yeah. And and then um and the way you just, you know, you you knew that. So like you killed all and something I teach a lot is you killed whatever limiting uh, stumbling block there would yeah. be that would prevent you from being consistent. Yeah. Like for example, let's just go back to the very beginning, right? When I saw YouTube for the first time, I was actually not even in the country. I was in Taiwan. I'm sitting in the back of a car. My wife and her family are speaking Mandarin. I don't speak Mandarin. So I'm like, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. Right. So I pull up the YouTube app and look at real estate. And I see all, you know, the Graham Stephan, me Kevins of the world who were, you know, small channels back then. I'm like, you know, these, these young, these young men are doing some pretty cool things. I have, I'm already retired now. Maybe I should jump into that. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'm not, a, you know, I was in technical sales, but I'm not a computer scientist. I'm not a programmer. And I said, can I record a video? Yes. Uh, I'm not going to edit. If I had to edit videos, the channel wouldn't exist. I never would have started. You can go back in my channel. I didn't even have thumbnails forever. And when I had thumbnails, I got some stupid app online and I just put a title on it and stuck them on. I, mm. I didn't even pay anybody. Now I pay somebody, you know, a 1099 to do a thumbnail sometime later today. There will be a thumbnail out there. But yeah, I just found the stuff that I was comfortable doing. And then at some point, I paid somebody to do the stuff I didn't want to do. Yeah, that's so good. Dude, I appreciate you. Thanks for dropping so many gems. I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people are going to get so much value out of this. If people want to connect with you, your book, can you just Yeah, let people I've done very few things right in life, but one of them is everything I do is one rental at a time. Website, book, YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter. Optimized. Opt I got lucky. I got one <laughs> rental at a time. Go go figure it out. Love, love to you know interact with you. Dude, I appreciate you. Thank you.